Chain. I'm your host, Patrick. Stop making agro arachne try to work. It's not happening, Shaw. And with me, as always, is Adam. I don't always chill, but when I do, I chill insidiously. Philip Chuck. Adam, how are you doing today? It is becoming such a fun treat to see what you're going to come up with for the, the middle names each week. And uh, you did not disappoint this week. Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm coming off, of course, the, uh, the big win against Yuki on stream uh, to. Uh, the i That's part right. of me part of me does like feel conflicted because it was such a big upset for team stroopwaffle but uh a huge a huge boon for team combat chain as we were able to uh clinch a, a 2-0 uh yeah clinch a series win get up 2-0 and now team combat chain is tied for first with uh team fab chaos uh the greek team going into uh the last week of the round robin so this has been super fun Excellent. And we'll talk more about FTC in just a moment. Uh, but first, I want to bring in our guest this week. He is a veteran caster and player of Magic the Gathering uh, and Flesh and Blood. You can hear him alongside Ross Merriam on the MTG Rants podcast. And at Worlds, he became the personification of America. Fuck yeah. Tannen Grace, everybody. Tannen, welcome to the combat chain. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Uh, I, you know, the one thing I, I forgot about is that you did you did you got the hair done. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, tell tell me a little bit about the inspiration for going blonde uh, before I get, talk about anything else here. Sure. Um, so it, it's been it's been quite a ride as a blonde. By the way, they do have more fun. It's confirmed. <laughs> I've I've done this. Um, it's fu- it's fun not being recognized quite a bit. I don't know if you guys saw my Twitter the other day, but I was at a uh, a magic event and someone actually came up to me and was like. Has anyone ever told you you look like Tana Grace? And I was like, yeah, all the time. Yeah, a complete Tony Hawk moment. You know, yeah, Tony Hawk like, treatment right yeah, there. Yeah, right. Um, as for why it happened, it kind of was like a spur of the moment thing. I was like visiting some friends in Austin, Texas and hanging out. And they heard about the idea of what I was going to do at Worlds of just wearing that suit, you know, that you you've so uh, eloquently mentioned the America suit. And I was like, yeah, I just like kind of really wanted to lean into it. And uh, someone's like, yeah, you should just dye your hair blonde. And when they said it, everybody, you know, that moment, you know, it's like the Eureka moment. Everybody got real quiet and everybody's like, yeah, yeah, do that. So, yeah, I made an appointment like two days later, got it done. I've never had anything like that done before. I didn't love the process, but I'll tell you this. I've been a big fan of it ever since. I, it's probably it might be here to stay. We'll see. Um, <laughs> all right, all but all I, right. I, it came out better than I thought it would. I thought it was going to be a disaster. But you know what? It made for some funny moments. It looked all right on camera with the suit. So, uh, you know, uh, mission accomplished. Excellent. Excellent. I always think a little bit about the, the hair dye myself. Uh, if, for people who don't see me, usually there's a lot of gray happening. It's premature gray. It's not premature bald, which is good, but it's yeah, really that problem. <laughs> it's really dull. It's really dull. There's nothing uh, wrong with the salt and pepper silver fox look. Yeah, it looks good. It looks you know, like you, you rock it well. You know what I mean? Thank you. Thank you. I I try. The the wife says uh it's it's where it's at, but I always get a little I'm not I'm not a huge fan. But it is it is what it is. Um uh, before we get into the nitty-gritty with uh Tannen here, we're gonna break into some news. Uh almost breaking news. This came out yesterday, I believe. 
uh, as of this recording, but Outsiders was announced by LSS as the next draftable set for Flesh and Blood, releasing worldwide March 24th, 2023, and pre-releases in stores worldwide on March 17th through the 20th. And uh, with this set, we are going to the pits, home uh, to Azalea and Arachne. Uh, so first I'm going to talk about is this this pretty pretty sizable announcement here gentlemen what are we looking for in the next draftable set for fab outsiders tannin what do you what do you think about it so far uh i'm loving the announcement uh because i you know it's great that we're going to see more uh support for these heroes you know there's a in in my discord we've actually been talking about it uh i wouldn't be surprised to see azalea get living legend points in the next year which is something that if you told me that last year i would have laughed at you you know, I've been like, yeah, you're, you're joking, right? You know, kind of thing. And then Arachne, uh, very cool hero. I love the idea of like kind of a mid-range hero being playable in Flesh and Blood. Uh, Brian Gottlieb and I had a long discussion about this when it came out. You know, he's been dropping hints about this for me for about a year now. He's like, you know, we got something coming. We got something coming. You're going to like it. And um, the, the fact that hopefully that is going to be good and playable with a little bit more support because I think it needs that is something that uh, Fab is definitely needed for what you've seen happen in cc for the last you know few months now it's either you're extremely aggro or extremely control and like not much in between and i like having that dichotomy kind of uh choice so super excited adam what do you what do you think about outsiders being announced uh i'm super excited and two things two things come to mind right away uh one is uh I like I'm I'm glad to see we're going to the pits. I'm glad to see that Arachne is going to get likely going to get support right away. Uh I know when we had uh Brian and Flake on and we were talking about uh we were talking about our first impressions of Arachne and this is before we've played Arachne or anything like that and I was saying I I just have a feeling the idea is not going to be fleshed out in the in one set especially like to get all the support in a supplemental set. I just didn't think it was going to happen. And sure enough, I, at this point, we're hearing a lot of people say Arachne doesn't feel complete. I'm glad that LSS is right away going, no, we're going to give you some support. We're, of course, we're going to like, they, and rightfully so, they're going to draw it out over a couple sets. Um, I think Viscerai, if you think about it, Viscerai to reach his full potential took three sets. He needed, of course, Arcane Rising. Then he needed, uh, what do you got, Sonata and Monarch. And then he, uh, it was Everfest that finished him off. To, to really get, reach his full potential. And uh, I, I, I'm thinking Arachne's going to at least need two to three sets. And I'm, I'm glad that they're addressing it right away. Um, and then we're going to get... Th this is interesting, too, because I remember hearing about uh, even Azalea support uh, when, uh, when Az from Go Again Gaming uh, got his spoiler uh, given to him. And James White said, this is step one of a two-part plan. This ties in interestingly, interestingly enough into that too, because this could be step two for making Azalea powerful. And James White never never specified whether it would be souping up current Azalea or whether we'd get a Starvo treatment for Azalea. So you know, like there's outsiders could have a lot of really cool things in it. My other thing that went came to my mind is immediately I, I saw in your notes like, what do we want out of the next draftable set? And the big thing I want out of this set for draftability is I want more agency in the games. I want to feel like my matchup isn't just decided based on who I chose to draft and whether I got paired up or whether like where I'm seated in my pod just happens to line up with 
you know, if I'm on Fi and, you know, they're, they're on Icelander, or if I'm on Icelander and they're on Drome, like, yes, there is some ability to play around those matchups. And I think, I do think that there's still more to Uprising Draft than I think we've all given it credit for at this point. But I just want more agency in my games. I want, and I want to see them expand on the token concept and maybe like, Phoenix Flame was and, and Helios Miter were a good first step, and I want to see what else they're going to do in that realm of just giving us a land station to work with to make our decks a little more balanced and, and, and usable in, in draft. Maybe make it not as punishing. A land station is a term I haven't heard in a little bit here. Uh, Tannen, uh, expand a little bit on, on, on what you might be looking for in a in the next draft set in terms of the actual gameplay of drafting, especially compared to, as Adam uh, said, to, to uprising uh, being so, uh, so aggressive and seem to be so, so linear in, in, in your picking here. What, what, what does outsiders need to, to kind of break out of that, uh, that shell? So that's a really good question, and I really like this one because um, limited is probably my favorite way to play games. Like I was a huge drafter in Magic, still do to this day. Love cube, love drafting. It's my favorite way to play. Um, Tales of Aria is an absolute masterpiece, in my opinion. I think that format, yes. while it has, you know, yeah, it, there, there's some small things here or there, right? And sealed was like, you know, nothing's perfect, but I thought the set was amazing. Like your picks mattered. You felt like you had more agency. You felt like, you know. Uh, the biggest problem I've always had with drafting in Fab is like after I figure out what hero I'm in, you know, two or three picks into my pack, I feel like I don't make decisions anymore, especially in Uprising. A lot of this got really, really brought to the forefront in Uprising. So what I'm looking for in the set is something with a little more agency. You kind of alluded to that yourself there in your answer that your answer was really great. You know, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head for me and what I want, where I want to feel like what I'm doing matters more when I'm drafting. Maybe I have a little more freedom you know, maybe a little bit of a shakeup. I'm not sure what, I'm not a game designer. You know, there's a reason why I don't work for LSS, right? But I know when something isn't fully working, while I do think Uprising was better than I gave it credit for initially, you know, there was some kind of doom and gloom. Um, I think overall, it's not gonna go down as like my favorite draft set of all time or probably even close. It might have something to do with the fact that we had to do it so much, at, you know, the high level over and over again. But I'm just looking for that. I'm looking for you know, three or four playable heroes that have a good, you know, A beats B, B beats C, but C beats A kind of thing. So like you said, it isn't like you immediately sit down and you're like, well, I'm playing against this hero and they're getting to go first. So, well, this sucks. Or, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, I got to go second in the five mirror. So I won. It was like that easy, you know, kind of thing. And uh, yeah, just a little more agency for the players, I think is a, is a big deal. And um, hopefully we get that. You know, I've heard some some good initial rumblings. I've heard that as well. Uh, we have, uh, I think, we all have our 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 ears uh, very closely attached to Gottlieb's ass at this point, trying to figure out. <laughs> sure, yeah. What, yeah. <laughs> just any I've slip been, of the tongue here. Uh, every time I he, talk to him, I try to like zip in the question to see if he'll he'll mess up and like break NDA for a second. He's so good. He's like that lawyer, lawyer training comes him, out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know what it is. He's so good. <laughs> so. We, do, what would we prefer to see here? Four heroes and like a couple talents or something along those lines, or something like Tails where it's three heroes with that uh, that kind of talent overlap to gain that flexibility? Um, I think I'd, I'd like to see what happens with four. You know, we've done the three and three thing before, which, you know, I remember when we started drafting set, people were worried. They were like, oh, there's only three heroes. I'm like, well, technically there's six. 
you know, right. like, you know, right. however you want to look at it, or nine, even if you want to like get really, really complicated with how it can work. And before, maybe it's too much. Hopefully it doesn't spread too thin. So like, it just matters, like, what's the generic count in the set? What's the overlap count? Because like, that's where you start getting the nitty gritty and it gets difficult. But yeah, just that. Like, you're like, either either one for me is great. Right. Adam. Uh, I'm that one I'm not certain about. So unlike Tannen, I don't have a ton of magic drafting experience and I think I'm rather bad at it. Uh, for some reason, flesh and blood drafting just makes so much more sense you. to me. And I, I think it's, I, I guess I've just, div- magic was, I was just a casual player in this game. I've actually, I, I dove into it headfirst and, and went down the competitive route. And I've, the concepts I've tried to learn here, I, I never had them when I was playing magic. I think that's what it comes down to. And now I just rather draft flesh and blood at the end of the day, <laughs> unfortunately for, for, yeah, uh, for what it's worth. Uh, I do Fair. love, that's- I, I I do love Commander still. Uh, that that part of Magic, I will never be able to give up. But um, yeah, it's great. It's probably the best thing to ever happen to the game. Period. Like I'm, I'm, I've been a record saying that before. I think, uh, I think it. I don't know if it saved the game. Like some portion of it probably would have, you know, kept its. I mean, it's what it's thirty years old now. But yep. that actually, like, just the second life of Magic when it came from Commander is unreal at the like, uh, like kitchen table or LGS table level because of that thing. And if we can get off the topic for two seconds, oh, yeah. if yeah. something like We're that all about that. Happen, yeah, if something like that could happen for Fab, you know, it's one of the questions I see in the show notes for this. And we'll, we'll, we'll circle back when we get there. But if something like that happens for Flesh and Blood, you know, like you have UPF, right? And I've seen some games break out at events, but it's not like, I mean, having something to the level of Commander, if anybody's familiar with it at home is listening, you, you get what I'm saying. Like, I cannot go into an LGS that has magic without seeing a commander game going on at all times. There's always a game and there's always people waiting. It's like, it's like pick up basketball at your gym. There's always, you know, dudes on the court shooting the ball, like ready to go. Right. If you can make that happen for fab, I mean, sky's the freaking limit at that point. We, we even touched... uh, go ahead, Pat. Yeah, go ahead. I think, I think you're gonna make the exact same point. Go yeah, ahead. We touched on that a little bit when we had uh Fino black on and our, th- well, at least my theory is that, uh, PVE is going to be a huge piece of that for Flesh and Blood. I think that's... I, I hope so. I think that'll tie in the casual player really nicely, or at least that's my hope. But uh, to answer your question, though, Pat, uh, I, I genuinely don't know if I want three or four heroes, because I, I, think, I think Tales of Aria and Welcome to Wrath were the, are the two best draft sets for this game so far. And if you look at what Amen. they're doing, they're, they're drastically different. Um, the, the the one thing they have in common is there's a lot of overlap in just the fact that you can play a lot of different cards in your deck. You know, Welcome Wrath has a lot of generics. Uh, Tales of Aria had a lot of elemental and element cards that could just be played across different heroes and classes and stuff. And there's so I, I guess that's if there's one thing I want to see out of this set is the ability to to just have things stay open. For, for a little bit longer than, you know, an uprising. An uprising, I, I think, of, I, I did the math, and mathematically I wanted to, I wanted to have my hero locked in by, by, by pick six, I think, and I, I, the more the set went on, and less, I, I would just experiment with, like, picking from, from pack one, just going, yeah, uh, this is a good card for this hero, I'm going to try to force this hero, because uprisings seem to reward that. And I, I want to see more, yeah, to, to Tannen's point, I want to see more uh, ability to just like have impactful decisions later in the draft and yeah, see where that leads. 
Excellent, excellent. Uh, so with, with the announcement that it is uh, to the pits, it does lead me to our first uh, community question from Lee McLeod on Twitter. Ask, uh, what region that we haven't been to yet uh, are you looking forward to the most? Uh, and, or, and was it the pits? I'll go ahead and answer first. So yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't have it like so. I'm not like a super lore guy, right? You know, like me, I'm like, if, if you're a magic guy, I'm a spike. You know what I mean? Like I am, right. I am there to win. I want to win. I'm super competitive when it comes to games. Like I, it's just the what way do, I identify. Go ahead. What do they call, what do they call the, uh, the, the lore people in magic? I forget the term. Uh, it's a V I, it's like a vol. Uh, I'm not sure. Oh. I, I kind of lumped them in with like, uh, like the Timmy's or the cat, like the casual, whatever, which one's for the casual. Cause is Timmy the, the, the combo player, right? Or is that Johnny? <laughs> uh, oh God. Oh, it's, it's, it's been yeah. so long. Is it Vorthos? Yes. Yeah, sure. That's yes. it. Yes. Yes. The Vorthos like, is the lore. Mm, sure. So they're, they're that. So like, I'm not super big on the lore. So for me, anywhere with something new going on is great. Right. But I'm actually going to turn this on its head a little bit on the answer because one of the one of the things I want to do is I I'm actually super looking forward to the first time we have like a real return set. Mm. Like, you know, imagine they've had like return to Ravnica, yeah, right? Or like, yeah, you know, yeah. like something remastered the yep. first time we like go back to somewhere and like, you know, we've gotten a second Bravo. Right. But we go somewhere and it's like, well, you know, you don't have chain anymore. Well, here's here's chain comma blah 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 you know here's oh, here's man. the other chain that's playable now here's fixed chain and then like here's a new light illusionist you know like we get to kind of return to a thing and they get to learn from the first thing you know what worked what didn't you know what what could we what did we want to change and do that so that's actually my big one so it's like a, an answer for a non-answer no you know what that is good because you know i just got more goosebumps thinking about return to wraith than i did about uh yeah. Great name, right? Can, return can to we Wraith. return to Wraith though? We never left it. Well, sure. you know, hey, return look. to welcome to Wraith. How about that? <laughs> oh, that's, that's terrible. It's, uh, it's a mouthful. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Um, Fab Team Cup, Adam. We we, uh, we touched on it at the beginning here, but let's let's uh, dive in a little bit here. Uh, FTC Combat Chain news. What do you got? All right, so super exciting stuff going on so far in the league. Uh, it's actually funny, Jesse, the commissioner, and I were talking about this behind the scenes about how even though it's a cup, we've all just defaulted to calling it a league. And that seems to be sticking, so that's kind of funny. We are in week three of the round robin, uh, the final week, uh, and uh, we are looking towards the elimination rounds at this point. Uh, and players right now are playing to kind of figure out where they're going to sit in the, whether they're going to, I think for the most part, the decisions for most teams as to who's going to, well, no, there's a few divs where the the middle pack teams still kind of haven't decided yet. We're going to go through the standings here in just a second, but yes, the teams are at this point either playing to get into the top 16 or to uh, just get better seating on the top 16. So uh, looking at the top here in div one, we've got uh, two teams still are, yeah, we've got two teams uh, that are both tied for uh, well, not tied for they're like just about neck and neck for first and second place. Uh, the Hyperloops, uh, featuring of course Joe Cologne, and then we've got uh, Team Chowub. Uh, so they're both sitting uh, neck and neck at a match record of two and zero. Oh. Uh, a game record Hyperloops have that just beat by one, uh, one one game. So a very tight race uh, for the first and second seed in Div One. In Div Two. Uh, we've got once again, or this time around, Team Gold. Uh, they've got uh, the match record 2-0 locked up, uh, and the only 2-0 at this point in that div. 
Uh, so as long as they can kind of keep their, you know, interestingly enough, uh, Team uh, Ascent in second place has the same game record as Team Gold. They're both uh, tied at six and four. So Team Gold, I think, does have the, 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 the first place seating locked up unless something goes drastically wrong for them. Playing for the second seed in in that div, we've got uh, Hometown Ascent uh, and uh, the Runaways. Uh, they are both tied at a 1-1 record, and they are actually playing each other this week. So that's a, a spicy little matchup uh, to decide uh, Div 2. Uh, in Div 3, we've got uh, Team Jin and Tunic uh, holding down the 2-0 record uh, with a 7-3 game record. Uh, the The... Race for second place is between Team Dice Commando and Team Separatist Union, uh, both tied at a record of 1-1. Team Dice Commando has a 5-5 game record, Separatist Union uh, 4-6, so Separatist Union does have... Well, I guess, yeah, that one, it'll come down to whoever wins the series there. Uh, In Div 4, we've got uh, Team Belgium at a 2-0 record. Uh, The tiebreakers there, Team Sneep versus Team Brazil... Uh, Team Sneep playing two, or they're both one and one for the match records with a game record of 6-4 for Team Sneep and 4-6 for Team Brazil. Uh, Div 5, we've got uh, the experience uh, holding down the first spot at a 2-0 match record. Uh, the fight for second between Team Card Advantage and Magnolia Gaming. Uh, some big names on uh, both those teams. Uh, so they're both tied one and one playing for that uh, second seed spot unless, once again, something goes seriously wrong for the experience uh div six we've got uh the card guys in first place everyone knows the card guys uh they've got the 2-0 match record with uh, an impressive 8-2 game record so uh if they can uh, if they can have a really good week here week three uh let's see who are they playing uh this is div they are facing the clout chasers okay okay and friends some... friends of the pod clout chasers yeah and clout chasers yeah, they've had an unfortunate uh season like they're I believe they're 0 and 2 currently and that does oh, not no. represent their that does not represent their uh their 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 skill level. I I, I haven't had a chance to catch uh, their games but just yeah, you're it's breaking super... the news to me as well as the audience. So this is terrible news for me to hear. Super unfortunate for them. Uh but in Div 6, uh Kayfabe Cards, uh who's got a friend friend of the channel uh Flake uh is uh tied 1-1 okay, with babe, by the way. Uh, sorry, Kayfabe? Go oh, Kayfabe. Okay. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big I'm a big fan of Kayfabe cards. Yeah. Yeah, no, good guys. Uh yeah, they are uh they're playing for that uh likely that uh sec you know, the second place in uh Div Six. Uh they're playing against the Invaders, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, they I are that's a Asian Pacific yes. team. Yes, they yeah. uh, the Invaders are Asian Pacific, uh either Malaysia or Indonesia, I'm not certain which it is. But uh, another solid, uh, a lot of talent on the Invaders as well. In Div 7, we have yours truly, Team Combat Chain, in 2-0 match record. However, Team Fab Chaos, the Greek team, has also been playing really well and has a 2-0 record. Uh, Both teams are tied at a 6-4 game record. So this, uh, I mean, we're playing for... Uh, for for first place seating at this point, and uh, it's gonna yeah, all the marbles are gonna see who who emerges victorious. Uh, and then in the la- or I guess yeah, uh, yeah, in the last uh, div we have uh, Team Blue Pitch in 
the 2-0 slot first place uh, with, an, once again, an impressive 8-2 game record. Uh, and then for uh, playing it out for a second, unless something goes terribly wrong for Blue Pitch, uh, it'll be Team Rocket or T- Indy Arsenal. Uh, they both have the 1-1 uh, match record with uh, the only teams uh, registering a draw so far uh, this season. Uh, Team Rocket at a game record of 5-4-1 and uh, Indy Arsenal 4-5-1. and So they're going to be playing it out for that mm-hmm. second uh, place spot in Div 8. Beyond that, we are just looking towards uh, towards the top 16 at this point. Uh, I can say we just had a, a few meetings behind the scenes this weekend. We are really excited. I'm, I'm finding myself just increasingly involved in the administrative side of things, and it's been super fun. But we are we, we're, we're planning big things for the top 16. Uh, we can kind of allude to there may be some stakes on the line at the end of the day. We're, we're working on figuring out the logistics right now uh, because there was no buy in. Unfortunately, it just took us a little more time to figure it out. Uh, but I can say Travis from Fab Foundry is uh, working really hard with that, putting putting his blood, sweat, and tears into giving the players something to play for. So that's super exciting. And I'll cap it off with we are, are planning streams. Yeah, we've got Wednesday, Friday, and we're going to do a special Sunday stream this week to announce the top 16. Uh, we've got some special uh, some special stuff that we're going to be announcing during that, that uh, Sunday stream. But we do have Michael Hamilton on Wednesday that we're going to be featuring and uh, capping that off with a Joe Cologne match. So that's going to be a really good Wednesday night. Still figuring out the Friday night uh, match at this point, matches at this point, though. Excellent, excellent. Tan and 32 teams, uh, what was the best name that you that you heard out of those? Uh, that might be the first time you were uh, hearing some of those, I, I imagine. Gin and Tunic? Yeah, Yeah, that's absolutely... I don't know if you saw me, but I was holding back a giggle when that one gets it. I like that one a lot. There is also Excellent. a. I do think this one's good. Team Big Deck Energy. Yes, okay, that was yep. that was great too. I'm yeah. a big fan of those. Yeah. Uh, Adam, you know what I say about tie tiebreakers? You know what the best tiebreaker is? Winning. Win your games, and you don't have to worry about anything else. I thought you were gonna say Someone. love. Like love brings <laughs> us all together. Love is the <laughs> ultimate tiebreaker. Winning, winning is the, the friends we made along the way. Funny story. So, so combat chain is is. Uh, season record is 2-0 our match record is 6-4 and I'm proud to carry 50% of those losses as <laughs> I am 0-2 for the season someone has to be uh, the the goose egg and it is me uh, but that is okay you're still number uh, one in you... our hearts yeah thank you very much sure. right I, I I I play well I got I got rocked by a briar I was on Fi and I got double this round uh, rounded on me uh they drew like a turn zero channel mount heroic off of the turn zero this round. Yeah. Yeah. And that's right. So that was the game. I had, it just just wasn't, wasn't meant to be, uh, but Tannen, uh, the, the online, uh, bracket style tournament scene is not foreign to you as the Goliath gauntlet just wrapped up here with the finals being the, (laughs) <laughs> the the shocking to to a lot of people Majin Bay versus DM Armada give us a little little retrospective here on the Goliath Gauntlet and uh, sure. your, your thoughts and, and perhaps a, a a look into the future of of, of Goliath Gauntlet tournaments tell you what i'll do all of that and i'll even drop some uh a nugget here that hasn't been announced Ooh. publicly yet about that Ooh. but i actually hear from you two first and spare my feelings you know if you didn't like something tell me how did you 
and if you didn't watch it, it's fine, obviously. But how did you feel about the Goliath Gauntlet for the first time around? Because we got this together. Uh, I won't say anymore. How did you feel? Well, I'll tell you what. Not only were when when this came out, we were so ready. We ran the uh, if you saw the Goliath Gauntlet pregame mm-hmm. bracketology special, that was that was that was us. So we were raring oh, to wait, go. I completely forgot y'all. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, so yeah. it was you no, know, it was it was uh, we we weren't we weren't combat chaining it up. We were just doing yeah. like it was just you know. So we we put that video out. Um, but we were we were ready to go, and it was good. It I think what we expected to happen in terms of uh, the the quality of player inversely uh, proportionate to their quality <laughs> sure. of cam setup was, sure. <laughs> was right about where we thought it was, but that cleaned itself up into into the second rounds. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they were good games. I, if nothing else, I think the most most exciting and kind of shocking part was like not to crap on DM, but like he he built himself up there was a story there that that Stephen Cookus like against all odds was was mm-hmm. making it happen and and just just shocking the world Ethan Mansant taking on yeah. Pablo Pintor like that was that was a genuinely exciting moment to see Leviah go off and do a thing and watch at the you know at the time you had what like arguably one of the greatest players in the world actively right there going i cannot stop this this monster of a deck and it it was almost like a proof of concept for ethan right it was mm-hmm. it was it was like a great coming out party farewell yeah. almost because yeah. at the same time he was he was really kind of sunsetting uh his time there but i think it, the the games were great uh uh the the commentary was good it was it was awesome Thank to you. get mitch leslie and you and you know and flake and we had hayden dale jumped on and it was it, it was done really well right and when no matter what you do, if you put the, if you, if you give it the respect and, and like prestige that you want it to, it, it, you can feel that as it, as it comes out. And I thought that that came across really well all the way through to the finals. Thank you very much. Adam. I, I loved the concept um, right away. The, to, to me, the part of what makes in, even in, in part of what is causing me to have so much fun with, uh running the, the the fab team cup content stuff is giving creating fan bases and giving people something to buy into for um for this game um we we've talked about it a lot on on the combat chain about what's it going to take for this game to to be successful long term and i think there's enough of us like the competitive player base and you know the, the we've got content creators and you know uh game celebrity i'm trying to think of the right word yeah i'm gonna go with game celebrities that you know these people that have all bought in and have you know we believe in this thing but we still in the grand scheme of things we have to get the uh, so many casual players to buy in and things like becoming fans of pro players or like pve or just so many different things like that are going to lead that and i think the goliath things like the goliath gauntlet help that because casual players are the one who are going to you know consume the most content and this is such a good piece of content to give to them so no, i thought you guys did a bang up job uh the the narratives were really well spun and it was, it was it was a lot of fun well thank you very much i really appreciate the kind words from both of you um yeah that's exactly what we were trying to do that was a lot of like our inner mission statement was the fact that you know we wanted to be able to humanize the player a little bit more you know bring it into your into your forefront and 
at the level at which we did it and, you know, the speed at which we did it and all this stuff, it, it hadn't really been done before. You know, there was like definitely some open, you know, there's some cups and stuff going on, but it's not put out for that kind of consumption, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. And I was like, it, it all started one day, um, you know, Mitch Leslie or Uber, as I like to call him, you know, Uber shouts, uh, you know, uh, if you think that if you if you have anything nice to say about me as a commentator, he is 10 times the person I am in this space. In fact, um, he's like. If I have a coach and someone that I talk to about stuff, that's actually who I go to. He's literally sat down with me before and watched rounds of me doing commentary of magic, of flesh and blood, and like just sat there and talked to me about it, like giving me co- like giving me coaching on it. And that's, you know, out of the goodness of his heart, and it's, it was free for you know for him to do that for me. And for you know, if you were to go out and find coaching for that, you're looking at something extremely expensive for him. You know, because he's one of the top commentators in the world in this space. You know, he just happens to really like this game. And he and I have actually been friends for years, you know, going back. And I remember one day I was like, hey, mate, you might like this game, you know, come try it out. You know, and he's like, yeah, I absolutely love this game, Flesh and Blood. So he just got super into it. He got Doa into it, who in turn got into this. So we're just sitting around one day. We're chatting. We're all in the uh, the Discord that doesn't exist. I'm sure you've heard of that. Joke. <laughs> uh, you know, we have one ourselves. <laughs> sure. Right. And uh, it's funny because like we all play Overwatch together. And that's mostly what he's known for. Right. He's like the main caster in the Overwatch League. You know, that huge thing on YouTube. Like they dwarf ever. They were the most watched, I think, channel on YouTube gaming this year by like a margin you know which is huge like they're bigger like tim the tat man and some of these guys you know they're making millions and millions of dollars and stuff so um anyway he's we're just sitting around one day making millions of dollars tim the tat man is a millionaire yes yes many 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 times over tiktok videos i didn't know just the contract he probably got to switch from twitch to youtube gaming they they probably offered him like I, oh. I would assume like $4 million just, just to, to switch over. Like, that's just off the top of my head. It had to be a, a, a big number anyway. Cause like I heard what like Ninja and them got to switch over to what was the platform that only survived for like six months. Remember they had like that other platform. It was YouTube like, gaming, but no, there was a second, there was another one that like, all Oh, um, to, uh, anyway, I can't think of the name of yeah, it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But anyway, it, yeah. we're all sitting around and we kind of just like came to this idea organically that like none of this has ever happened. There's room in, in this for, and Uber was like really pushing it. And so we're all sitting there and we're all kind of like the idea, man. You know, we always have great ideas, but you need that one person to kind of like push and execute the idea. So I decided just to like pull my britches up and, I, you know, I emailed a bunch of people at LSS. I was like, hey, we have this idea. And I want you to understand how long it took to get all this off the ground and to work correctly. This was well before New Jersey that all this was going on. And I had an in-person meeting with some of them in New Jersey, told them my ideas. And then it was mostly questions of like, what can't we do? Like, what, what do we need to, you know, avoid stepping on your toes? What can we say? What can we not say? Will you guys help us? Like, et cetera, et cetera. And they were extremely supportive of us, but they wanted to make sure that they didn't exhibit any favoritism. You know, they're like, we can't really like provide you a prize. We can't provide you with like, you know, points or anything like that. We can't make it like, you know, that kind of thing. Yep. And so I was like, very understanding, right? And they were like, yeah, you know, we, we wish you guys the best. Uh, it was really funny after the first episode aired or like literally it was that night that it aired. I got DMs and emails from like four different people at LSS and they're just like, OK, how do we help more now? Like once they saw the first episode, they're like, oh, this is this is what's going on, you know, kind of thing, which was great. And, you know, everyone everyone behind the scenes really worked their ass off in their own particular way. Like, you know, Mitch did a lot of heavy lifting with the commentary as well as Flake uh, did, you know, cause like I took a big step back from that. I was very busy. I was in the middle of like moving. I didn't have a good internet connection where I was at. And, you know, like you could see it. I think like, if you really watch closely, you could tell you could like, you could barely see me. My, my connection's not great. 
you know, I busted my ass getting the league together, getting everybody together. Wrangling 16 gamers together and making them <laughs> find the right time to play. You get what I'm going at here. It's not oh, easy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And getting, but everybody was absolutely great, by the way. Uh, everyone that competed in the event was just top notch. It was super easy. They were all excited. Everyone was like, we would have done this for free. You know, Mitch put up a decent bit of the prize pool out of his own pocket just to make sure that we got the first one going. You know, Kayfabe Cards helped a ton with uh with that as well as their sponsors. We have about three other people that we're talking to sponsoring for the second one. So I guess that's the first official confirmation that there's going to be a second Goliath Gauntlet. Heard it here um, first, folks. Yep, there you go. Um, You know, LSS and PGS definitely, like, really stepped up towards the end there for us with adding the extra prize in, which uh, I think... It's in the mail right now, like physically in the mail right now, going out to Majin. He got a, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, he got a gold foil Goliath gauntlet from LSS, but we sent it to uh, Matt Rogers grading company. They graded it. They put it in a slab and it says Goliath gauntlet champion on the slab, like initial. Oh, that's Goliath awesome. Gauntlet champion. So He's got a custom gold foil Goliath gauntlet for winning the first one. I can't guarantee that we'll be able to do that for all of them. It's, it's extremely not cheap. <laughs> you know, they helped us out a ton with that, obviously. And, you know, we have to we have to work within our own means because uh, none of us made a dollar off of this, by the way. Also, 985 Media, who puts out, you know, a lot of flake stuff and a lot of the other stuff. That, and they did all the, they did all of this for free, by the way, all of the production that you see on it. And they worked their asses off for that as well and put out an amazing product, which we would not have been able to do at the level we did if we didn't have this much help. So they busted, you know, their butts doing that. Um, as for the second one. Don't have a date yet, but I'm going to say, uh, quote unquote, soon. We've been we've had some initial talks. Uh, we can make this happen very fast when we do, because we want to have something with, uh, you know, the new set coming out and have some of that. The, the problem is, it's like we were kind of excited, a little more excited than we were like, uh, I don't know if anyone would actually play Arachne out of the new set. You know, kind of thing. So mm-hmm. we're, we're we're kind of trying to figure out where we want to time this. Maybe we'll do it right before the ProQuest season, so you have something to kind of, oh hey, I loved that deck, you know, that Matt Rogers played yep. this week or whatever. So I'll play that in my ProQuest. Which there you go. That's another spoiler. Matt Rogers is one of the confirmed returning people. We have two people confirmed returning so far. It's gonna be a Matt Rogers because he's Matt Rogers and I love him and whatever. And obviously Majin Bay is the defending champ's gonna right. come in and uh, and and try to. You know, post the second first place. I am not surprised by him winning, by the way, or Armada making it as far as I have. I have played both of them in multiple games of Flesh and Blood and or other card games. And you can tell right away, like their prowess when you sit down across them. They're they're very good. Yep. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I, I say about once a week at this point that uh, Majin Bay is slept on in Flesh and Blood consistently. And if nothing else, he can use that to his advantage until he yeah. gets uh, till he wins a pro tour, which he he's, wins he's close event. to. Yeah, like, he wins he's, a huge event this year. Don't be surprised. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It doesn't matter so much time he has, you know, because he's like. His, his main job is content creation for uh, Legends of Ruterra, and he's one mm-hmm. of the best, if not the best player in the world of that game, yep. too. And then he plays other games as well. Like he's in a chat with me. And he's like, hey, what do you think of this game? You know, what do you think? I'm like, dude, chill. <laughs> like, take some yeah. time off, you know? Excellent. Excellent. Um, all right. We are going to move on now uh, to uh, to the origin story. Tan. Oh, God, sure. No one escapes the origin story. Sure. So who are you and how the hell did you get here? Tell us a little bit about your journey in, in casting and magic. Sure. And flesh and blood. Drop it. Down. Um, 
casting kind of just fell into my lap. Like I kind of, if I remember, I think my first real gig, I, I like someone got sick or something. I just, I just set in for somebody for like a round or two. And they were like, Hey, you're pretty good. You like to do this again? I was like, sure. You know, I have like no actual background in it whatsoever. Like I have a business degree from Louisiana state university. I have like no, you know, communication background or anything like that. So, but I found that I like it. You know, I was, I was a competitive player for magic for a very long time in poker, you know, for the last 20 ish years, you know, God, I'm so old thinking about all that now and um but when it comes to fab it, it's very interesting so you know thinking of the first event that i did you know the first uh anytime anyone ever saw me in flesh and blood was for the tales of aria world premiere in las vegas about i don't know a month before maybe four weeks before the event oh. i get a message from a guy named jeff foster uh everyone at home probably doesn't know that name but you've seen his infinite of his work he every Almost every broadcast that I've done for Magic or Flesh and Blood, he's been one of the main people behind the scenes doing all of this. You've actually seen him on camera for like half a second once. He like helped out with one of the skits once. Uh, he's the guy that drapes the flag on me during the final when I'm like wearing mm -hmm, the suit. We're just mm -hmm. being ridiculous. Yep. That's Jeff. But Jeff is a completely unsung hero in this space. Like he'll he's one of the people who'll never get the credit that he deserves. He's completely fine with it. And he busts his ass all the time to do well. So he messages me and he's like, hey, have you heard of Flesh and Blood? You know, and I was like, yeah, I've heard of it. You know, my local game store has it. They have a, a, a good following. And I, there was a specific player, too. who was like, dude, you're going to love this game. You should you should really try it. And I just like never had time. You know, I was like always doing magic and stuff like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, uh, yeah, I've heard of it. Nothing but good stuff. A couple of my friends are already playing it. What's what's up? And he's like, um, they have a calling coming up, which he had to keep referring to it as the magic equivalent. He's like, there's a Grand Prix coming up. And. He's like, I've always wanted to, like, you know, have you do more casting, like, in the forefront. And I've always wanted to, like, he's like, his quote was, I've had you in my back pocket for a while for this kind of stuff. Do you want to do it? And I was like, okay, like, where is it? He's like, it's Vegas. I was like, okay, you've got me already. <laughs> yeah, it's in Vegas, sure. Um, he's like, it's in four weeks. Can you learn the game in that time? And I remember in my mind thinking, yeah, how hard could it be? <laughs> right. You know, like this can't be that hard. So it's like, yeah, sure. So I get off the talk with him. You know, we talk time and stuff. I like, you know, go to look. So I can book flights, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I go and Google like, you know, I'm like, if anybody here, you know, plays magic, you know, there's like the magic online client. There's arena and all that stuff. And I was yep. like, I yep. go to I just like, I'm just going to download the arena client for flesh and blood. And I'll just be the best player in the world <laughs> in like two weeks. Right. Oh, easy, yeah. easy, peasy. I'll just play 10 hours a day for like five days straight. I'll be amazing. And I start Googling and I keep Googling and I realize I made a mistake. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be very difficult. So I had to learn how to play physically. Um, I only had like three weeks to do it or two and a half weeks. It was like some very small amount of time. And uh, I, I at the time I lived in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and we got hit by a hurricane. So I lost power for a week and like couldn't leave my house. And they sent me some stuff in the mail. So I was like playing with blitz decks, but they sent me like chain and prism. So like trying yeah, to learn yeah. the game off. And it was, I was like, what is going on? I don't know what any of this does. So eventually, you know, I got through a bunch of videos. Uh, I learned chain going into the event because I was like, look, that's going to be half of the matches. So I might as well know one hero pretty well and stuff. And I can, um, I cannot say much enough how much Red Zone and Diamarmada saved my ass on that event and like really carried me and stuff. And I was like very, very, you know, thankful. But it was really funny. So like, you know, I show up the day before and I'm at the I sign I sign up for the pre-release and I'm like playing in the pre-release. And by the way, this community is great. Everybody's like introducing themselves, asking me what's yep. going on. Like, you know, hey, are you playing tomorrow? I'm like, no, I I can't play tomorrow. And I kept like trying to like talk around it, but they'd be like, oh, well, you know, why not? I'm like, oh, I'm I'm working the event. And they're like, oh, are you a judge or something? I'm like, no, I'm like doing commentary for the thing. 
and one person was just like well it was i, I swear this is like my first round opponent and they're like you're doing comedy that's amazing how long have you been playing and i'm like this is my first game and they're like what i'm like i've actually never played like a real game i've watched the game a bunch i've like learned how to play i've learned the decks but this is my first actual game of flesh and blood and he like tried to go really slow i'm like no no no, i'm good like you, you play the game like we played so i got to play a few rounds uh you know played some more of the constructed games and then you know the rest is history you know it was, it was pretty great too because like they had told me they're like there's there's four callings this year we're gonna you know give you a try at the first one and then we'll see from there what happens and then it was like halfway through day one they're like hey do you just want to do all of them I'm like yes like just sign me up for everything uh james white like dm'd me that day on twitter and like i you know i got like tears in my eyes man he was just like so thankful for you know he, he dms me after like almost every event man he's so great this community is so amazing and i mean that's kind of the orange story you know there you can go back a bajillion years for you know magic and poker and video games and all that all that stuff but that's the origin story for flesh and blood and that's what we're here to talk about right it is I you, you say that I, I am curious because I sure. I know you sure. as the caster, but not as as the player. So sure. uh, do do give me a little bit of your pedigree here on oh, on, on magic like and poker. Oh uh, yeah sure. yeah drop you drop the stats. Uh sure I, let me see if I can remember most of the stuff. So I've played and qualified for like dozens of pro tours in Magic. Um I I I think my biggest finish in a Magic pro tour I think a top sixteen one like nothing super great. Um I have. Some really high finishes in uh, GPs, which are callings for Magic. You know, have some top eights or whatever. Uh, there was another circuit you could play on, which was the SCG circuit, which, you know, has put on some events here in FAB. I have a dozen top eights of SCG Opens. These events generally have, like, over a 1,000 players in them. And I was, like, I did pretty well on that on that circuit for a few years when I was, like, competitive. Um, I was on and off a professional poker player for a very long time. Um you know, I got into it at a very young age. You know, played online a lot. I lived in Vegas for like five years. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually recently started playing again a little bit, but I, you know, I've kind of stepped away from that for a long time. And uh, yeah, I just always got super competitive. I'm one of those people. I don't have a hobby in which I don't take serious. Like I got competitive. I feel that competitive in like everything <laughs> I did. Yeah. Like I got really into golf in high school and I have a state championship and I suck now. So like I don't really play much. And then like, you know, there's the same thing of like magic poker and this and, you know, video games. When I was a kid, I had an older brother who would play with me and just never let me win, which was like, I think the reason why I got really competitive and, and decent at games. Awesome. I also awesome. feel that I'm the older brother that never lets my yeah. siblings win. I figured they got to earn it. And when they do, they're going to feel yeah, so good about it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's I think it's a great way to do it. Yeah, especially stuff like that, like competition. You know, it's real life stuff. Like, obviously, help them out. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, of course. You know, yeah. it's fine though because my brother kicks my ass at Rocket League all the time, so there, the tables there you are go. leveled out there. Yeah, my brother stopped playing with me at one point. He's like, "Yeah, this isn't fun for me anymore." <laughs> <laughs> I'm the middle child, so I was a black was sheep. That? No one wanted to play with me. No one wanted to play with you. That's no, no, no. <laughs> No, actually, so it's funny. I I am like the nerd uh, uh, of sure. the family. So no, there, no way. There's yeah, I know. Podcast about card games. I'm 36. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so uh, yeah, I was I was the gamer. No one else was. My bro- my brothers on either side were like athletes. My whole family, mm. my whole family is athletics. I have there's like pro mm. athletes on like my mother and father's what side. What happened to you? Everyone's tall. I don't. I, I got sure. every recessive gene. I got the short. That was gene. it. That was it. I got everything bad. It happened. Yeah. 
know, but yeah, I, everyone's my my family functions are like six foot four people, and then it's just like, hey guys, hey, hey, yeah, all right, how's the weather up there? Yeah, <laughs> flesh and blood, anyone? And it's just, yeah. they, they, no one, no one, no one quite understands. Ah, uh, but that's all right. So, Tannen, you have been uh, you've been a Magic the Gathering man for some time now, so you have you have a unique perspective in in the TCG world. Are are we're going to get into competitive card games right now, and the the conflict or lack thereof between Wizards and LSS here? Are Wizards and LSS jockeying for the same competitive space now? You've had uh, you've been to plenty of callings, the most recently Worlds uh, for Flesh and Blood, and you just did. In RCQ, if I'm in saying RC, that right, yeah, RC, RC the the, yeah, the dream RCQs hack. are what qualify for the RC. Okay, for that. yes, yeah, so, yep, yep, that's right. Uh, it, for Magic, there's a million little things for all oh, the different games, and oh. they're so close. I don't know how I keep up with them, honestly. So how how do how are these events comparing to to each other in terms of both uh, like morale, feel, scope, scale? How how is Flesh and Blood faring against? Uh, Magic the Gathering, especially since the resurgence of organized play, so to speak, with uh, with Wizards. That's the most important thing, the last thing you said. Uh, mm-hmm. Organized play is back for Wizards. I'm not going to mince words. Overall, it kind of stinks in mm-hmm. comparison to what we had, but it's uh, players are just so keen on doing anything and you know competing in any way that they're like eating it up. They're like, yeah, this is great. And I'm like, it could be better, you know, but you know, we could always ask for more. Um, you know, are they competing in the same space? Yes, uh, it's definitely a thing. Like you definitely see tons of crossovers. If you look at, you know, it's really funny. I had a local player and he told me like when I got into it, he's like, you magic players, you're not just going to come into flesh and blood and, and rule like you do in magic with your net decking and stuff. He's like, you know, he said all that stuff. And it's it's funny. If you look at all the best players in the world, they're all magic players. And, they, you know, it's it. I'm not saying you had to, but like a lot of them came from that. Pet, you know, they have that pedigree that had that base that comes from it. So they are competing against each other. And you're seeing some actually take steps back. You know, I think of a lot of the Canadian players that were very, very good, you know, the Isaac Crutes. You know, the the D roots, those kind of guys, they're taking steps back from Fab and going maybe possibly back into magic a little bit. I think there is space for both of them to succeed together. I think there's space for both of them to succeed at the same time. And I think LSS and Fab did an awesome job at doing so under just I mean, I don't know if the conditions could have been worse for Fab over like for sure. talk about talk about doing the best thing you can with the least that you've got because nothing could have been worse for Fab than what happened over the last you know the climate of the planet in the last three years right mm-hmm. and rightfully so they did as much as they could to you know be as respectful as possible with everything but they had to get their product out there they had to survive right and it was a big boon for them I think is the fact that you know they were the first competitive outlet really for physical card games for a while to come at like that scale and I thought it was a huge thing and a huge feather in their cap for them. And I think they're doing a great job. Um, I think this is really the year. Like this year right now is yeah. going to be the most telling year. The follow up to what happened last year or sorry, this year, what happened this year that uh, mm-hmm. that happened. And I'm saying the next year coming up um, is going to be the most telling thing. And I think they're going to nail it. I mean, I have the utmost face, utmost faith in LSS and all of its employees, because when it comes down to it, they're us like right. James, Chris, all these guys. I've, I've met them. I've talked to them. I've had dinner with them multiple times. I have never felt so welcome. I have never been thanked so much in my life. And they're gamers like they play the damn game. You know, they don't have some CEO just trying to turn bigger profits every quarter like we do with other companies, which I'm not going to name. But you can guess 
mm-hmm. you know, that just mm-hmm. sit there and keep throwing more product in your face every five minutes. This one is, a, it's just a bunch of people who actually care about the product and care about you as an individual and want you to have the best experience possible. One of the problems is anytime something doesn't go right or they have to kind of change something, you don't see it right away. So think about like, you know, Magic or Flesh and Blood, these sets that you're seeing, like, you know, the new set that we're going to see in a couple months, right? You know, when we're going to the pits, that set was done months and months and months ago. Like, right, right. you know, they, the, the initial talks of this was a year ago. So when something has to change, you're going to see a little bit of a lag on it. So, you know, things are going to get better this year. I'm expecting better organized play overall. You know, we were, I when I say we, I'm using LSS in there. I do not work for LSS. I'm going to mm-hmm. remind everybody at home. I'm a contractor. But when I say we, it's like, we could have been better overall. This is going to be better, like, you know, being more proactive, telling you a little bit ahead of time, like when events are happening, where they're at, you know, you could kind of, mm-hmm. you know, get your schedule yeah. down a little bit better. You know, we could like, all ask her. People are feeling that a little bit right mm-hmm. now as we yep. speak. Yep. And uh, I, I assume we're getting it. I, we're going to use this hashtag again soon. You know, I assume we're mm-hmm. getting all this mm-hmm. soon. So, you know, we're kind of waiting for that with the Goliath Gauntlet and stuff as well. But when it comes to it, this one just feels different to me. I've been around a bunch of the games. I've seen all the flash in the pans. You know, I remember like versus card game and some of these other ones that were like huge. You know, you look, look at Gwent, you know, talking about Flake. He just did the world championships for that. And I think yeah. that game's done. I think they're actually done. Like, I think there's no more competitive play beyond this. I hope I'm not dropping a nugget that I'm not supposed to know there. But, you know, I've seen this stuff. I've seen the flash in the pan. I've seen the ones go away. And this one feels different to me. It just it feels like it's got the right people behind it. Mistakes will be made. Are they perfect? No. I mean, no one ever is, but they're going to do the best job they can. And I have full faith in them. Now, you did just you just put a put a pretty good bow on it, but I do want to get it out here. Sure. The next community question from this is Clark Jansen on the Discord. Um, since Tannen has been involved in TCGs for many years as a player, podcaster and it, a player and podcaster, I'd be interested to hear if he thinks Flesh and Blood has long-term staying power, and why or why not. I think you spelled out the the why yeah. here, but a, a concrete, yeah. is Fab here to stay? Yes, I, I firmly believe that. Like, I actually own cards, right? Like, I own decks. I, I mean, I wouldn't be investing money if I didn't. I wouldn't be investing as much time into the game if, if I didn't believe in it. The biggest thing for me kind of circles back, again, to what we were talking about earlier. Like, you need that casual... Uh, outlet a little bit more you know they're doing more and more with that and i fully expect something to happen in this year coming up that really cements that you know you guys talked about ppe and some stuff i i fully expect us to be like blown away by something right something like actually concrete mm-hmm. and stuff like that because you have to give people more than just this like competitive outlet because honestly like armories overall are hurting just a little bit right now there's not a lot going on there's not yeah. a lot of new stuff going on and you know the same players are winning a lot right like this game is a little less variance than yes. some of the other so like if you have a local guy that's really good it's going to be hard to beat that person you know kind of thing so maybe you know a different outlet for some of these kitchen table kitchen table people because here's the thing the kind of player that i am when it comes to magic or flesh and blood take away the casting part you know take away the production part that i'm the spikiest of spikes like i want to win a damn pro tour like i'm the worst player for your game and your player base i don't make you a lot of money i don't do a lot of stuff for you other than like yeah, like you might get to like broadcast my games and some people are like, oh, I want to play the deck Tannen played or I want to play the deck Matt Rogers played. Like, you know, that's great. But when it comes down to the, like the physical part of it, I'm not consuming everything in this game, right? I'm not out there buying every single product like these people are. You know, I'm not the one who really moves your needle when it comes to that. And those people need more love than I do. 
you know, but you, what we get is flashier. You know, we get the million dollar prize pool announcement, right? We get all this stuff. You know, you see that, right? You get to see that in the production quality and stuff. But the other person, they need they need their piece of the pie too. And I think that's super important. Hopefully that's addressed even more this year because I think they've been doing a great job of it so far. Just you just want to make sure it's as as good as it can possibly be. For sure. So, I do, we, do we bring up, we, we bring up like what, right, what needs to happen in terms of, right. It, we need the casual sector there. Uh, we think that it's going to be in, in this PVE environment is, are we putting too much possibly on it? I mean, there, Probably. there feels <laughs> like there's a lot of room for failure in this one right in this one avenue and it's such like a niche we talk about pve is like this big broad thing it's but really right like, right yeah. right yeah it's it's the savior but in 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 execution it's almost like i think everyone's kind of consensus like feeling on it is is this is not quite a dnd type adventure thing but a very similar vein there and i know for me like i don't know if that's I, like I don't know if uh, it's not Commander. Uh, I'm not a big UPF guy. I don't know if I don't know if this, at least in the in the execution of like a, a game master in front of me, you know, guiding something along, is is going to be it for me. But do you have do you have any ideas of what like for you? What would you be? What would you want out of that that casual kitchen table style format? replayability like that's the biggest thing yeah. for me it's like if it's like a one and done thing that's not going to do it for me and that's probably not going to do it for a lot of the casual people but if you can have replayability like the thing about commander is like you know a lot of the games can be pretty similar but like you know something different happens every time you know you're playing with like three or four people you can get together on a friday night have a few beers grab a pizza right or go to your lgs and meet new friends i think that is the biggest thing in magic it's the easiest way to make new friends is show up to your lgs with your commander deck and ask to join a pod and then you start making friends, right? I mean, if you kill them all in like turn two, they're probably not going to like it right away. Right, right, you know right. what I mean? You've got to yeah. think, but, but that's a big thing for me. It's like uh, community establishing archetypes and replayability, I think are the biggest things for me. God, I sound like a freaking CEO when I'm talking about this. No, like, no, no, that's, that's, that's excellent right? points. That's, right? that's very, it's, it's a well-articulated yeah. point and there. I, what, right, what are we looking for here? It's, yeah. it's exactly those two, those two aspects and, of it. This community is so great and so I don't know if I've ever seen a, a better community, a more passionate community when it comes to their card game. And they're they're diehards like they want this. They're literally begging for it. Give it to them and they're yeah. going to make it as good as it could possibly be. And they're going to support it. You just can't miss is the big is probably the big right. problem. And yeah. that makes it hard. And I don't envy people that have to come up with this stuff because, again, I'm an idea guy. when it comes to all stuff. I'm not the execution guy as much. So like I'm I I. I have so much respect for the the people that make these products because I could not do it. Yeah, for sure. And I do think, uh, right at, at the end of the day, I think in simplest terms, if you can reward these, you talk about the diehards, but especially like the hero loyalists who have been yeah. like as in the cult of Azalea, right? We were talking, maybe maybe this is the year for a living living legend points here. But there's right, there's an entire segment of of flesh and blood that doesn't even necessarily like. The competitors, they want to play, you know, they, they want to play Bolton, you know, it, like a, a suboptimal build, right? They want to play these these kind of janky brews. They want Data Doll uh, in there and, and doing stuff, and they want to not be punished 
for that. And there's no real like avenue at the moment to take yeah. your right your CD level hero if it was competitively and put that out in the wild. And if they can achieve that, oh, that's a great oh, point. Oh, that's a great. We're, point. we're off to the races. Yeah, that's a that that would be an amazing thing to pull off and a great point because I think you're just right. <laughs> like I don't even need to add anything to that. I think you nailed it. Uh, so you had talked about that 2023 is the is the year for flesh and blood OP um, in terms of racing with with wizards. Uh, Tyler Horsepool, little little known player with uh, some potential sure. here on yeah. Twitter, asks our next community question, which I think is a great tie in here. Uh, where would you like to see the casting of competitive flesh and blood go in 2023 that it hasn't gone before? This is a really good question, um, and it goes on many levels, right? And there's there's some different things that I'd want to get into, like the minutia of it that, you know, is, is probably too nerdy or whatever to go over. But there is one overarching thing that I've been saying for a long time when it comes to this. And I'd like a non-cis white male, <laughs> honestly, mm-hmm. to be in the booth with us. Yep. We are... Yep extremely cookie cut when it comes to all of it and it's just it's just the way it's worked out it's not you know there's no nefarious act there whatsoever Mm -hmm. you know i would like some diversity because like i want you to see yourself represented in the game i mean look at the heroes look what we've got coming in the future and stuff you know we've talked about uh you know representation in the game really really mattering right um Mm -hmm. i had like internal talks with some people not with lss but some friends of mine where i was like what if you saw a young hero an adult hero where in between the two heroes they transitioned you know and like Mm -hmm. that would that would be awesome to see that kind Mm -hmm. of representation in the game and stuff and i would love to be able to have that in the booth as well you know to have someone that you know adds a little bit of representation in into the booth as well um the the thing is, you know, you have to you have to find someone that can actually do the job as well. You know, yep. what I mean, and and that's difficult. The job is the the job is difficult. There's a lot of stress on you, and I don't want to put someone in a position. Let me see if I can phrase this correctly. I don't want to put someone in a position for them to fail and to fail spectacularly. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to you know mess someone over or like hurt their career in any way, shape, or form mm-hmm. as well. So it would it would need to be the right thing, but that's something I would like. Um, another thing, um, I want more of a spectacle at the big events. We talked about yeah. this a lot this year. It never got pulled off, but at the pro tours and at world. So when, when I was growing up in, in, um, competitive games back in the seventies and it was all in black and white, and we had to walk uphill both ways in the snow, um, at the events on Sundays, there wasn't a lot for the competitors to do that weren't in the top eight. You know, we could like money draft, right. Or there might be like a PTQ or, you know, a pro quest for, for the flesh and blood players back in the day, but there'd be a viewing area where you could go sit down and there'd be like a huge screen up and you could watch the broadcast. Cause back then that's all we got was the Sunday broadcast. They didn't broadcast the whole tournament. And I remember I was fiending for that every time. Cause it was like the only kind of competitive thing you had of gaming at the time, you know, it was so far ahead of its own time. And I would love to be able to bring that into this. Cause like, can you imagine flake, in, a, in front of a group of like 50 to 100 people that are watching this, like, well, he's not like, say he's not doing commentary that round, right? You know, we, we rotate a lot. Can you imagine Flake working a crowd at <laughs> Worlds or at a Pro Tour? Dude, he's so yeah. good at that, right? He's yeah, yeah. like, can you imagine him like asking questions? Like he's maybe got a mic. We have to be on the other side of the room, obviously for competitive integrity sake, but he's like throwing packs to people. There's a popcorn machine. Like how hard is it to get a popcorn machine or something, right? You know, or just yeah, a snack yeah. bar for people. And like, can you imagine like me, it, me and y'all too like we're just sitting there in between the rounds like i'm not casting and we're just like crack a beer or something to watch a top eight match and we get to just talk about it and hang out 
Because like uh-huh. y'all saw y'all saw the picture yeah. that I put up on Twitter the other day of like you know when we were watching in the top eight we had fifty people a hundred people like crowded around our booth like mm-hmm. watching the finals because they couldn't see it you know physically over there because there was too many people in the way and they wanted yeah. to be able to see what was going on and I'm not gonna lie that was one of the coolest experiences of my career because like I didn't realize it until uh, I saw like. Uh, I think it was Gottlieb was with me. He kind of looks over and I saw his eyes get big and I turn and there's just a mass of people around us. And I was like, oh God, like I didn't even know this was going <laughs> on. And that was so cool. So like I want everybody at home to have that feeling and be able mm-hmm. to experience that because, you know, going to these things is fun for people, right? Like it's a vacation type thing. Like, you know, it's a yeah. destination. It's, it's fun. You get the, you get to see your artists, right? You can see the cosplayers. You can see your favorite players. You get to hang mm-hmm. out with your friends, right? You get to go play UPF with Armada or you get to go play UPF you know, with Red Zone Rogue. By the way, that guy is a champion when it comes to his his uh his people in the community. Like he was just yep. playing with everybody. I never saw a guy not playing with people that whole weekend in Worlds. And you know, I want everyone to have their outlet, right? And if you're there competitively, like you played in Worlds, like yeah, let go sit down and enjoy it. You know, crack open a brew, grab yourself a water, whatever it is you want, go get a coffee. And, and watch it, you know, and I think that would be great to be able to share that and bring everybody together with that a little bit more and kind of celebrate what's going on at the event a little bit. Make it more of a like an event type thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think one of the uh, I grew I grew up on magic, right? Grew, and sure. grew up on the pro tour and in the heyday, of the pro tour for me was like ESPN two. Right. Oh, God, like, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, so good. And everything from the uh, like you had a cover like you had you had your play by play, but you had like your your kind of your your what, what, what am I trying to say here? The the uh, the coverage desk like afterward, like in I've been between, asking for that for a while, too. you know, yeah, so yeah. you'd have you'd have four or five like talking heads at a desk. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in you know on the interludes talking and, and like conversing the Sunday there. morning football stuff before yeah, before all the yes, games were like exactly. yeah, the panel yeah. yeah yeah um and and all the way down to like the showdown area like like your 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 big match is like it is by itself it is in a big it, you know it's on the stage of the amphitheater the table was built for it you know the whole nine yards. There's another thing there that uh, an idea that I've had, this one's a little harder to execute, but I've thought about having the feature match area in a, in a spot where you had uh, like, it'd be normally like on the floor, like as it is, mm-hmm. and you'd have walkways erected around it to where mm-hmm. people could like walk by, but you're, you're raised up off the ground, like stairs with lead, you know, kind of like the judge yeah. area in the front, like, like it's up off the ground, like five or six mm-hmm. or seven feet. Mm-hmm. So when you're sure. walking by, you can look down on the match and see what's going on. It leads to a couple little things here or there that you have to yeah. worry about, but it's a, it would be a cool experience where you could see everything. Cause it's hard to see what's going on. Like, you know, we would love to have TVs right by the, by the future match right, area. Right, right. If anybody's been there, so you can see the match more than like the 10 people standing up next to it can but there's a lot to worry about, about competitive integrity as well. You know, like yeah, in France, you sure. saw the players wore the the headsets because they were really worried about that because we did have a television and the casters were, we were a foot from them. We were so sure. close to, to these people. Yeah. So they were wearing the white noise headsets and stuff. So everything comes with its challenges, but you know, I've got, I, I would love all these ideas to get executed. It's just, it's, it's, there's a lot to it. There's a lot of moving parts. All right. Speaking of worlds and glorious moments, worlds was known for, for two things and two things only Michael Hamilton becoming the undisputed goat and 
in your in your fucking outfit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna. I'm just gonna tie this into our next uh, community questions, and uh, there's two of them. Uh, one is uh, from James Curry. I may have stolen. I'll be completely transparent with our audience. Uh, I posted the community questions everywhere and on Facebook. I got comments, not 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 questions. I solicited sure. questions. I turned those comments into questions. Sure. And so one such transformation is from James Curry on Facebook, who paraphrases, Tannen's outfit became as much a part of the world's championships of flesh and blood as the game's being played. Where did the inspiration come for his now iconic dress, and how did he get all the pieces to pull it off? I'm gonna I'm gonna follow this up uh, sure. with with Anthony Zicella on Twitter ads at Worlds. Did you have on American flag boxers too? And if so, prove it. Okay, uh, I'm gonna try to go through piece by piece. Let's start with how to how to uh, how I got the pieces to pull it off. So I had to order the suit online, making sure it fit was difficult because I couldn't just. I went to like five different local places, including like you know those uh, the Halloween places that pop up. Around. Yeah, scared of Halloween. Yep, yeah, sure. I went to those because I was like, they have Halloween costumes that are American flag suits. Zero. Like there was just none anywhere. So eventually I like ordered like two or three different things on Amazon. Uh, the first one to show up fit perfectly, which is the one you saw. By the way, that suit was scratchy as hell and not comfortable to wear. <laughs> looked it, looked but, it. Yep. So I just returned the other ones. Uh, I ordered the bandana and the shades separately. So you can find all this stuff on Amazon. I think they really tied the whole outfit together. They you did. Know, kind of thing. Yep. Um, I had a I had an actual tie for it, but uh, that didn't make it onto coverage. And then um, the idea for it, I don't know. It was kind of spontaneous. Like it just came up with some people like, you know, uh, I was like, I wanted to do something. So, uh, again, mentioning Flake. Flake is so funny, right? Like he's just like, you know, when uh, I talk about this a lot, there's a, there's a main reason we don't get on camera a lot together is he and I are kind of the same person. Like we're both like the play by play host and you know, the other people play off of us. So it's hard to have us in the booth at the same time. Also, it's like, it's really funny when it is because he's so funny just effortlessly. And I'm kind of like the straight man is what it's referred to in, uh, in media as like yep. the serious, like, you know, you know, Hey, let's move on point A to point B to point C, like, you know, do the thing. And, you know, I, I have my moments, right. I might say an odd thing here or there, but you know, I wanted to do something right. You know, cause I, I'm a kid or two. Like I, I, I joke with people a lot. I'm just pretty serious when I'm in the booth. That's just, that's just how I am. You know, I got my inspiration growing up from like ESPN and sports broadcasters and you're, you're very rigid, you know, when it comes to that stuff. And I just wanted to have some fun and this just kind of happened spontaneously. It ended up working out. And then I remember um, the discord that I remember like one of my best friends, Brian Basoko, he's on team kayfabe. He might even be playing in the league that you're in. I'm not sure if he's in the he league. Actually he actually is. is. Yes. Yes. Okay. I couldn't remember if he was active or not. Um, Cause I know not the whole team plays from bright. And uh, mm-hmm. he and I are like super good. We've been great friends for like 15 years, right? You know, like we've t- taken many car rides together across the country for, for stuff. And I was like, Hey, I'm going to turn my camera on. I tried on something. Tell me how it looks. And I turned on the camera and I was wearing the outfit with the shades that you saw. And he just, died laughing like he just lost it he's like what is that i'm like i think i'm gonna wear this at worlds and he was just like yes it's absolutely perfect and so i just wanted to have some you know some fun with that whole thing um as for did i have one flag boxers uh i wear briefs you know i wear boxer briefs or whatever (laughs) flag briefs then (laughs) yeah um (laughs) the answer is no and god you're i should have you're you know what i mean like that's opportunity yeah miss I, i need to order some i guess apparently now but uh I, I didn't I, they matched but not like that so 
we had the Tony, up and down today. Tony, sorry to disappoint here. Yeah, sorry, Tony. You're just gonna have to live, live, uh, live without that that mental image, or uh, with it, you know. know. Or yeah, you know what? Not here to king shame Zichella, Build your own fantasy. You do we've, what you got to do, bud. We've joked about having a uh, flesh and blood calendar, like for a um. Oh. For, for you know like for, yeah, to donate yeah. the money somewhere right sure. you know what i mean like joked about having someone for each month or whatever and if, if we were i'll i'll try to find some and maybe that's what i'll wear in the uh, i'll i'll be like mr january or something and that's what i'll be wearing i've been <laughs> you I've know been doing not for nothing lately, so. there's there's uh like is I, I i come i come from magic i'm i come mm-hmm. from a not competitive i'm a, I'm a commander guy sure. mostly yeah, sure. but i try i try i've been playing for 20 plus years flesh and blood if nothing else has a very healthy uh looking player base here uh, there's some there's some big guys and, and and girls hanging around there but like there there are people who take care of themselves that would be perfect for a calendar shoot i think much more in a, a in a much more uh, concentrated uh effort than maybe maybe in the magic world i don't know maybe it's just my bias towards there but the you get like the Taruk patels uh, he's a, good, a, lot he's a good looking man yeah he's, he's a handsome he's, guy handsome guy yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of his he, he and i have known each other for a very long time like i was so happy for him when he uh when he won nationals i wish there was a camera backstage i i like freaking form tackled him when he won <laughs> i believe it um so speaking of handsome individuals you posted a picture earlier God. uh you, you you alluded to it uh, uh just a moment ago where you and gottlieb are casting and and everyone's kind of Going and coming in around you, uh, and you you are in full suit, mm-hmm. and that would be enough to really center the eye in the image until you look over yeah. to the left, and there is there is Aaron as from Go Again Gaming, just just smoldering right oh, yeah. right it's into so the good. into the lens and takes the whole thing over. You can't you can't not see him as soon as uh, as soon as you lock eyes with him. Uh, so, uh, Melody likes from, uh, from Twitter community fame of the pitch perfect podcast, uh, commented on Facebook as well. And, uh, I transformed that into a question that goes as has one of the best smolders on camera we've seen to date, who could possibly compete with him in terms of best smolder in flesh and blood? You know, the first person that came to mind is someone you just mentioned, which is Tarek. Like, I think he would have a really, really good one as well. You know, you get lost in his eyes. It's very, very easy. Um, I don't know who else. I mean, um, I was going to say, you know, Tyler Horsebull, I think it was a little dreamy at times as well, too. So I think mm-hmm. he can pull off a pretty good one, but I don't know. I mean, as is like pretty iconic. If you, if you, if you haven't seen this photo, check it out on my Twitter. It is, it's like, it's, it's, pretty it's really also the photo. It's like, I swear to God, the lighting of it and like how it looks like a Renaissance painting. It does. It's very accidental Renaissance. If yeah. You know, like it feels it. like the last supper or something like there's just so much going 100%. on. There's like, there's something in the center. Cause like we're in the center with the lights, but like, there's just so much involved and there's like some really good faces. If you like zoom in here or there or whatever. Um, I actually just got this photo from the people who are doing the coverage because, uh, mm-hmm. If you remember during top eight, uh, the players all did like a fun photo of themselves or like, you know, like a, a pose. And then it like showed it. I don't know if you like, w- like watched all the coverage of it, but like when they had the versus screen of like who it was, it would have like their hero and they would have like a still frame of like the player, you know, like in yeah. a fighting stance or something. Right. But to make sure that was doable, we had to like we had to test it. And so I was the guinea pig. And so I don't know if I'm ever going to release these photos, but I have about like eight photos of me doing different 
poses and funny things Mm-hmm. and they're ridiculous of you know just to test yeah. it out and try it out there's like some really ridiculous poses for me in there so i am not a model Excellent. by the way Excellent. i'm not very good Excellent. at that stuff i do want to i do want to shout out uh one of my favorite smolders it is uber shouts mitch oh, leslie's yeah. just got just got the eyes he's got the the structure uh there's there's been some accidental pauses on youtube on my tv watching uh the uh the clash tournament and goliath gauntlet where it's like oh hey hey there bud his wife Uh, is a lucky woman we're gonna we're gonna look at each other for a little bit here yeah (laughs) i'm a big fan of his all right i my uh, i am as well uh all right we're rounding the bases here and speaking of baseball if i could easily identify what you're most passionate about outside of tcgs i'd have to say it's the atlanta braves uh and and baseball i'm from massachusetts adam is from canada right go socks get your shit together go jays get your shit together yeah hey man you got a good team up in toronto you know what we did? We we, we had a good run this near the end of the season, uh, and then and They're then it just good. all came apart in that wild card series. I am I am admittedly a football first kind of guy. So New England Patriots, Tom Brady. I get seven rings to show for my my fandom here. Uh, but you love the Atlanta Braves. Where's your Braves tattoo? Do you have one? And tell me tell me about the Atlanta Braves and how. How good of a team they are for you? Uh, so it's it's kind of funny. Uh, I don't have an Atlanta Braves tattoo, and I probably won't. I'm I'm not a tattoo guy. Like I can appreciate them. Uh, I don't know if I could ever do it personally. Um, I, I'm you see me looking around the room. I have uh, a replica World Championship ring somewhere around here because if anybody remembers watching Orlando last year during U.S. Nationals, you might have noticed that I I was there, but I wasn't there. Like I I didn't do as much of the shows I normally would, or I sounded weird to you. Yeah. I was actually uh playing hurt i had a strained vocal cord uh diagnosed by tark patel who's a doctor and um i actually went to the world series the week before you know to go to all the games for the atlanta Blaze play, playing the, the houston astros and just completely destroyed my voice worth it by the way um the atlanta braves are in my opinion, I'm going to get shit for this if you know any if any baseball stuff, but I will I will say this. I have done ESPN radio for baseball and stuff. I, I know a little bit about what I'm talking about here, but they are the best and most complete roster in the major leagues, especially for the next five to seven years. But you're not guaranteed anything in the game. They don't play the games on paper and stuff. So we'll see what happens. It's a great time to be a Braves fan. Brand new stadium out there. It's only been open for about four or five years. It's absolutely amazing. So if you're in the area or there's ever an event in Atlanta again, try to go to a game. It's utterly ridiculous. And it just is my favorite thing in the world. So they play 162 games a year in the regular season. So much. It's so, how do you do that? How do you get through football? Just went to 17, 17. Mm-hmm. and that's too much. And they, sorry, <laughs> like, hockey's 82. 82 so for hockey. Crazy yeah. thing. Baseball, I don't miss a game. 160. Ugh. I I only miss the games that I absolutely have to. Otherwise, I watch every game. Like I pay for the, you know, it's, what is it like MLB yeah, extra like inning? Uh, I think is what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, and so I, if I go ahead, I was just to say like how much of watching every game though is like oh, I'm gonna watch a game while I'm gonna do something of you know like sure. a chore or something like that. Like I'll I'll yeah, put yeah, on the sure. Jays and I'll paint minis or something like that. Like for sure. I'll do the dishes, right? Or I'll cook while it's on the TV in the living room. No, there's definitely some of that. But like I actively sit down and watch like, you know, um, uh, you know, a decent bit, like a very decent bit. It's it's my favorite thing in the world. It's it's my reality television. Right. You know, like, don't get me wrong. I do like TV. I like 
I like binging series, you know, just like anybody else. You know, I have Netflix, I have HBO Max and all that stuff. But um, it is just my favorite thing in the world. It's 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 my beer when I get home from work. Right. You know, it's it's my unwinding thing. And I just absolutely love it. My life's a lot better during baseball season than when it's not. Um, And yeah, like, I mean, during during one of the I think it was like the Cincinnati calling. It's like the Braves are playing the Dodgers to make the World Series. And I remember I asked if I could do more of the event up front in the beginning and then they could finish like the last two rounds so I could go watch the game. Mm-hmm. And I had to go like run to a local, you know, place pub that was like still open at like seven o'clock at night. And I'm the only dude at the bar just yelling at the television like a freaking <laughs> madman, you know, because that's me. You know, that's just what I it's just what I like. It's what I love. Um, You know, I have a bajillion jerseys. I've got like signed jerseys. I got all kinds of memorabilia. I, I absolutely love the stuff. It's just my favorite thing in the world. I don't know. It, I grew up on TBS, you know, because there's no team in yep, Louisiana. Yeah, that's right. That's Braves yeah. or TBS. Yep, that's, yep. that's and for sure. That's just how it happens. Just absolutely love it. Uh, if I had to get a tattoo, there's a chance it might be something along those lines, though. So that's, might be my favorite fab hero with, like, the Atlanta Braves logo or something. Uh, that'd be kind of cool. Oh, who is? Who is your favorite fab hero? I am a Runeblade stan. I think uh, Briar is my favorite hero of all time, closely followed right. by Old Him. Okay. Um, well, all right. You had me yeah. in the first half there, but <laughs> I had to go into the first half. <laughs> you lost me in the second there. Okay. All right. All right. Um, I one more, one more. I actually I forgot to put it in the show notes. I keep doing this. You to always our forget guests, to put I, it in the show notes. I do. It's because it's, it's, it's because on purpose. I, it's it's really not. Well, I'll tell you what we'll happened. Him. Yeah, we'll play is <laughs> that I I get the show notes ready uh, while I'm supposed to be working uh, at my at my office job, and I usually get to a certain point, and then I'm like, all right, I'll just add, you know, this is the stuff I add in the end, the plugs and all that stuff. By the way, I totally uh, feel this because this is my job on my podcast, and I always forget something. Like, always. yeah, it's <laughs> always so. I always go, I want, I'll wrap this up real quick, and then I never get, to, and then it's time. And uh, I, I had all the intentions, but we got a lot, we got a couple more community questions at the last second that I really wanted to sure. throw in there. So, uh, so the the last question is a question I ask uh, every guest. It's become kind of a tradition uh, here, and it's kind of it's general. It's very open ended, no pressure uh, here. But what is something you'd like people to know about you that they don't know now? Oh wow, that's a uh... yeah, it's a real broad, it's a broad brush here. <laughs> yeah, but... I mean, we've already talked one. about um, poker, talked about baseball. What more yeah, is right, there? Right, right. Life, yeah. life is an open book here. What what's what's on one of the pages unseen? Uh, believe it or not, I was actually pretty good at athletics growing up. Uh, you know, like I said, I played. I was one of those guys. I was good at every sport, but not great at any of them kind of thing. Uh, I was I was pretty good at golf for a guy that was like self-taught or whatever. But I was the worst player on the best team the state had ever seen. So I got I got a I got a ring, you know, but like I they didn't need me kind of thing. I was still like way better than the average player. But there was that I was really good at video games for a while, believe it or not. I think that's probably a, a nerd thing that just, you know, goes across. That's uh, in fact, my first foray into professional gaming wasn't magic or anything like that. It was uh, I played in like an MLG event for like Halo one or whatever. Oh, you know, OK. Like, All right. Yeah. OK. But there was like no money in it back then, you know, and just I to get glory. some of the people. Yeah, well, I mean, like when I say no money, I mean, like the first prize was like, you know, a few hundred bucks. Nowadays, it'd be like, you know, tens of thousands or whatever, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. But it was like us showing up to a place with a table or CRT TVs, like hook them all up together with our Xboxes. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. you would sit across from the people and you'd be like shit talking each other. And you'd have the stopwatches glued to your controller so you could time the power ups and stuff like that. We we got serious, you know, like this is this is some real stuff. Uh, I, that's a whole other lifetime. 
you know, kind of thing. But sure. I'm trying to think if there's anything else about me. Like, I mean, I love baseball, but people get that. I make a baseball reference almost every single every single broadcast. Yeah, it just, baseball it, is it, definitely something they know. Yeah, it just it kind of just comes out. Like, I don't really yeah. I'm not like That's there's not right. like a checklist where I'm like, and there's the baseball reference, you know, like yeah. that one off, <laughs> yeah, you know, kind of thing. But that, yeah, yeah. I have a little dash next to that one. Um, I have a I, I have a dog. I'm a dog person. That's something Ooh, I absolutely All adore right. dogs. I have a Pomeranian that is the love of my life. She's mm-hmm. this little bitty like she's so tiny, but she's like 80 percent fur. You know, she's like eight yep. pounds, but I think four of it's fur. And I, I'm one of those guys. Like, you know, you know, when you see like the, the, I'm not big, but I'm like, I'm six feet tall, you know, but like, you know, the dudes that like the little tiny dogs, we talk to them like, oh my God, how's my little girl? You know, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm totally one of those people. Yeah. Does, does, <laughs> does your, all right, we're all dog owners here. Sure. Um, do, does your dog have a voice? Uh, yeah. Like, you mean like I specifically have a voice that I talk to or just, just her? Yeah, She's the only like, one that gets that? It, like, uh, 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 she'll come up to you and she'll talk and she'll do it in a voice. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Excellent. I won't, I won't ask you. I'm to the do soft that. one. She knows she can get away with stuff with me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Adam, does your dog have a voice? Oh, does, how, how many of your animals do have a voice? Uh, all you of four them distinct do. voices. Yeah, four distinct voices, uh, especially the cats. Like I, I engage in conversations with the cats all the time, and I, I, I have these ideas in my head for what they're saying. And yeah, yeah, we have we at, at home. I got two dogs, uh, and I have my uh, my in laws also have two dogs, and we share we share space with us four dogs uh, between us. I, I have an English bulldog and a in a pit mix, and the English bulldog is a is a gruffed gruff inner city chap as one might imagine uh and my pit mix is a very very posh uh british woman and oh mine is super uh, posh we yeah. just like like we just exit the con we just exit the building when they when they talk we just it's 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 very it, we have to reel ourselves back sometimes when, when we do it but it's a it's a fun time all right that's 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 just too much weird for me all right that is going to do it for uh for the interview uh here uh tannin thank you very much for coming on thank to you so the much. combat chain with us this has been uh, a great uh a great time with you uh this is the opportunity where you can uh plug your stuff whatever where can we find you what do you got coming up throw throw it all out there easiest place to find me is on twitter under the tannin grace uh I usually will announce anything on there that's going on you know you can find me under fab broadcasts you know some magic broadcasts i don't get to do all of them um definitely want to shout out 983 media for the goliath call and make sure you check that out if you haven't checked it out in the past uh more stuff to come in the future i'm not 100 guaranteeing season two i'm 99.9 percent guaranteeing uh you know season two we gotta make sure everything works out and stuff like that so make sure you check out 983 media you know there's great podcasts on there if you like flesh and blood tons of flesh and blood content on there for you to check out so um thanks for giving me that opportunity you guys are awesome thanks for having me on the show not a problem and now it is our turn the combat chain is on youtube you can find us if you search the combat chain be sure to like subscribe and click the bell notification to know when the latest episode is uploaded we are available on all audio platforms wherever you stream your podcasts the best way to support us is through our patreon you can find us at www.patreon.com backslash the combat chain and you can subscribe to us there it is a single tier and helps us tremendously to keep the lights and mics up and running uh, we want to shout out our patrons here Clark J, Eugene C, Devin, Tyquius, Arcfire. Uh, thank you very much for your support. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, of course. The channel's handle is at the Combat Chain. You can find me 
at Pat Smash Good, and you can find Adam at Tulery TCG. You can find us also uh, through January on the theme, the Fab Team Cup channel on YouTube. You can find that at uh, at Fab Team Cup. Um, where we're doing live streams all over the all over the place. We're doing play by play. Uh, check us out over there. It's a great uh, it's a great thing going on, um, and uh, and where we we love being a part of it. All right, that is going to do it. Tannen, we have one more little piece of business that we'd like to do before we call it a day. So uh, every every episode, I close out by saying. Uh, by saying until next week and in unison everyone here is going to say we're closing the combat chain ham it up a little bit but we'll all say it at once it'll be in unison it'll be harmonious it'll be perfect is that something I can ask of you today I'll do my best excellent that is (laughs) all all anyone can can ask for um, all right, that is going to do it for us. Uh, thank you again to Tan and Grace for coming on to the Combat Chain. We appreciate you. You have been an incredible guest, and that is going to do it for us. So, until next week, we're closing, closing the, combat the Combat Chain. chain. Uh, good stuff right there. Nailed it. I we did. That, we I did. Thought... That was yeah. That was actually good. It is definitely top five. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> sure. <laughs> there's there's been some there's some been some duds. Well, sure. Hay- Hayden's last week was so funny because it's like it's just you and me, and then Hayden just at the end like closing the combat chain. <laughs> that's actually kind of that's actually kind of funny. I like that. Thank you.